0: Um, it is a wonderful uh, privilege for the both of us to be here with you this morning, so thanks for having us. Um, my name is Dariana Balbuena. I was born and grew up in the Dominican Republic, one of Mark's favorite places in the world. So he said, "Is mine too. Um, and well, I grew up uh, in a Christian family, but I made my decision to follow Jesus when I was seven years old. And when I was 12, I started to serve uh, in my local church, and I was a Sunday school teacher. And I was so proud of myself, you know, as a child we do that often, um, because I was able to teach younger kids the stories, the Bible stories that I already knew. So I was so Uh, full with joy because I was able to do that. I was called to be a missionary when I was 12, but of course I did not leave my country at that age. Uh, So I started to serve in my local church. I really believed that I was able to be part of each ministry of my local church as I was growing. Then I was able to participate of the leadership in my Country, my district, in my field, and even in my region. Um, And as I was finishing uh, the university, I was able to uh, really serve the Lord in other different countries around my region. Um, And the Lord was always faithful. So I left my region, in that time, it was the Caribbean region. I left my region for the first time to come to the U.S. to serve at El Paso, Texas. And when I got that call, I was like, seriously, to the states? Do they need missionaries there? I was amazed by that. But I understood at the end that everywhere, there is a need for people like you and me to come and talk about Jesus, right? So I had that opportunity, and after that, the Lord took me to other different countries to leave. And the last one was Costa Rica where I met the most wonderful man, my husband. (laughs) He doesn't believe so. And our child is clapping because of him. So um, so it has been wonderful to serve the Lord. But when I was growing up, uh, one uncle that knew that I had that call to serve in mission, he taught me something very important that I will never forget. He said to me, Dariana, it is okay to have a, you know, cross-cultural call from Jesus to go to serve, you know, other places. But the mission, the mission starts at home. So that is something that I invite you to think about. Because you don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a cross-cultural missionary. You don't need to be, uh, you know, many things that sometimes we believe we have to in order to really serve the Lord. We are all missionaries.
1: Buenos dias. Hey, good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Esteban Murillo. It sounds a little bit weird in Spanish, but it is my real name, Esteban Murillo. And I'm from Costa Rica. And I know Arkansas is the natural state. Costa Rica is a natural country, too. It's a beautiful country. And I really, really want you to know Costa Rica. I hope you can visit Costa Rica at least once in your life. Uh, I know I'm from Costa Rica, but it is a paradise. Well, well, it is a paradise. Um, I uh, I am the regional communications coordinator, and uh, for me, Christianity. When I was a kid, it was so easy. Uh, I thought Christianity was uh, you know not to smoke, not to tattoo, not to earrings, well-behaved boy, uh, great grades at school, uh, you know, listen to the pastor, sing the songs, uh, you know, offering the money and everything. And for me, you know, that, that's easy, Lord. Well, I'm, you know, I'm. This is this is my way to the heaven. It is so easy. Uh, something that I didn't understand was the Christians, the people of God, needs to serve. You may think that it sounds silly, but it was my reality. You know, I didn't know that reality. I didn't know that Christian needed to serve. When I understood that. Uh, I need to say that I became crazy because I started to, to serve in everything. Uh, who's the drummer? The, the drummer is doing a wonderful job. Well, I started to play the drums even though I don't know anything about music. <laughs> it was a disaster at the first. But later then, I, you, know, I, you know, I got better. Not so much, but I got better. And I, we were Jewish pastors. I, I was elected in the NYI local council and I remember I was at the lowest position, but I was happy. I, I, finally, I understood uh, something that maybe, I don't know, it's your case, but it was my case. The Christians, all of us, we, we are not here to, to just to be seated in, a, in these comfortable chairs. We need to get up. We need to move. We need to shake. And we need to serve. So, uh, I'm 37 years old. I don't know why I'm telling you this, but for me, it's always an important fact of my life. I'm 37. I know I look younger, but I'm 37. And um, in my 30s, listen this. In my 30s, I I listened the call from God to be a missionary. And you know, uh, at first, of course, at first I was denied. Uh, I, I was denying. The call, maybe you are confusing, you know, the, the, the people who are needed to listen to this, God, because, you know, I'm serving you as a pastor in NYI, as, as SDMI, and, as a musician, and every other ministries. But it was a, like a little tiny drop uh, falling into my heart. I want you. I want you. I want you in my team. I want you there. I want you outside Costa Rica. And I was so, so scared. I don't know if any of you came from other part of the country or from other part of the world, but leave your country is not an easy decision. And uh, we built our house in Costa Rica. And, we, and I was praying, God, I can't quit my house. I can't, I can't just leave my house here. I can't just leave my job here. I can't just leave my whole life, my whole family here the same little drop was falling into my heart. I want you in my team. I want you in my team. So here we are. Uh, I don't know how many years after that. But for me, it's a miracle to be here in Arkansas, in this beautiful state, in front of all of you beautiful people. But I believe in miracles. And five years ago, I never thought I'd be here, uh, watching the snow, playing with the snow, you know, as a little kid. <laughs> I, I enjoyed that day so much. But here I am, and God is the God of the impossible things. And if you believe that, God may call you in some of the weirdest and funniest and impossible things. But He just need He just He just need from you a heart that is humble, a heart that is uh, receptive to His call. Okay, so
0: and our children.
1: Ah, okay. Yeah, we have feelings, of, of course. Dana
0: will be mad at us. She's uh, right there. Dana. Can you say hi to everybody? Diga
1: hola. 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 ¿Cómo te llamas? What's your name? ¿Cómo te llamas? Dana. And ¿de dónde eres? Where are you from? ¿De dónde eres? Ah, uh, she's from Panama. And she's very happy of you a Panamanian. <laughs> okay, so... At the end, it, of course. Oh, he's, he keeps forgetting our children. <laughs> he's not around, but I, oh, oh man, I'm a Etienne terrible is father.
0: seven years old, and he was born in Costa Rica, so we are from three different countries.
1: Yes, yes, of course, that's very important to say. <laughs> uh, and as you may know, uh, I'm pretending that I'm speaking English, so uh, I learned English watching Friends. I saw the Twitter of Friends there, so uh, my teachers were the six of them, you know, but of course, we are from Mesoamerica region. What is that? What is Mesoamerica? Mesoamerica is a region from the Nazarene Church, or where the Nazarene Church is uh, is uh, having missions there. Mesoamerica is Mexico, Central America, the whole Caribbean, and three uh, little countries in South America, the French Guyana, Suriname, and the British Guayana. Um I wish we can only speak Spanish there, but we speak English, French, Creole, uh, um, Kekshi, Kishe, Pokamshi, Nahuatl, Papiamento, and another language that is very interesting, El Saranantongo, Otaki-Taki, in Suriname. Yeah, it's, it's wonderful.
0: Sounds a little funny, but it's true.
1: It is wonderful. In uh, the church served there with that language. Uh, they having services, baptisms, and everything in that uh, interesting language. Uh, our church around the world, it's... I don't know if have you ever felt small. I have feel small. Because in Costa Rica and our countries, our churches, our buildings are very small, uh, sometimes very poor. But we are part of a big family. And we are 31,000 congregations around the world. And uh, 2.6 million people around the world, too. Uh, those are huge numbers. Wonderful numbers. And we, don't, we are not here to talk about numbers, but numbers are important. I'm a software engineer, and for us, the, you know, the numbers are important. The math are important. But for us, it's also important for you to know that you're not part of something small, something little. You are part of something big. And you are uh, the people who made this possible. I know God is everywhere. I know God is empowering us, empowering us. But you, my brothers and sisters here in this beautiful congregation, you are part that we all are in, not only uh, in the 32 countries of Mesoamerica, but also that we are 2.6 million people around the world. We are, uh, Darian and I are part of the 531, I'm bad with the numbers, Telling the numbers in English. Yeah, I love numbers, but in Spanish. 531 uh, missionaries, cross-cultural missionaries around the world. And I need to say that we are cross-cultural missionaries because you, you are a missionary too. If you receive God, if you are here, if you are part of this big community, you are part of his missionary team. In the world, Not only in our community, not only here in Bentonville, that is, it's a beautiful place to live. We were talking about that. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. But you, you're a missionary here, and maybe, maybe, I'm not trying to scare you, but maybe God is also calling you outside Arkansas and outside the United States. I'm not trying to scare you. That was my reality. Uh, the church um, has presence in 164 different countries around the world. And we are, I don't know if you know about this, but we are, um, in the world, we have 194 countries. The church, in, the church is in 164 countries. And for me, those are amazing numbers. Uh, I know we are, we are in, the, in the state of Walmart. And Walmart is in 26 different countries. Actually, in Costa Rica, we have like 10 or 11 uh, big, big, big Walmarts there in Costa Rica. You may say, wow, but but it is is true. Uh, But the Church of Nazarene is in 164 different countries. There are countries that we are not able uh, to speak about because it's very dangerous for the people and for the church there. So, please don't ask for that. (laughs) But it is... uh, It is wonderful to me uh, to know that the church doesn't stop to serving the Lord everywhere, even though it is dangerous.
0: So since we are in 164 countries, we really hope that we can keep moving, that we can keep reaching those countries where we are not yet. And it is not just because we as Nazarenes want to be everywhere, but it is because we Nazarenes believe that Jesus needs to be everywhere. So we want to go to all of those countries. We are missing 30, right? 30. It's not that hard if we see that we are already in 164. So to make it possible, you are really part of this. Every local church around the world is part of this. Because first, you pray for all of us. You pray for the mission of the Church of the Nazarenes because you are very active in your community. And secondly, because you give funds, you give offerings so that can happen. And I know that you um, give offerings to the GoFund here. So let me tell you something about the GoFund here, that every time that you put your offering there, always affects us pos- positive? positively, that thing. So it always benefits all of the missionaries around the world because of the World Evangelism Fund. So every time you do, fund, you do give to the GoFund, please do it with joy and do it knowing that you are going to be part of something really bigger than you, bigger than this state, bigger than this country Because you are supporting the church mission. So now we are going to other countries where the Lord needs to get known. Because we now are moving faster even than years before with the word of Jesus. Because with this uh, evangelism fund, we are able to send missionaries to those places to be pioneers. Because we are able to start new congregations, because we are able to show the Jesus film, because we are able to start schools and hospitals in places where they don't have that system. So, thank you for doing the mission of the Lord possible here on earth. Thank you for being part of this wonderful team of the Church of the Nazarene. Um, we also want to share with you a little bit about what we do, because, okay, you're a missionary, so what do you do? So I'm going to tell you a little bit of what I do as a compassionate ministry coordinator for the Mesoamerica region. I have the fun part. And she says, yes, because I get to go um, to many of our countries But it it is not just because of that, but because I get to be with people. And I love being with people. And I love teaching. And I love empowering people because I really know that, you know, we can do better every time. So my job, it is to empower every local local church and district with the tools that they need and also with the knowledge and anything that we can give them, you know, and empower them so they can be the answer to the needs in their community. So they know that they are right there in that community because of a reason, because they are there to make the difference in their community. So I love the work that I do because of that. We get to empower those people in need. We get to talk to even those vulnerable people. Okay, that is your situation, God can transform that to glory so it is a very joyful work that I do for the Lord and I'm so happy and humbled that he you know thought of me um, to be part of that but also one of the things that we do is to equip them uh, in a preventive way we have well if you think about a natural disaster we have it in a region any disaster happen in a region we have volcano explosions, we have uh, earthquakes, we have hurricanes, and anything that you can imagine really happens there. So we uh, equip our local churches so they can be also of a disaster and they can be able to respond if anything happens um, to reduce any risk and so on. But also, we, um, as we equip the local churches, and they see the needs of their community, uh, they can come with very creative um, answers to that. And some of the answers could be child development centers to really uh, give a holistic approach to the children in the community. It could be uh, agriculture project, water project, and anything that you can imagine that could be an answer to any need in the community. So it's very... Powerful to see what the Lord can do through every local church around the world and around our um, Mesoamerica region.
1: And I coordinate uh, communication ministry for the region. And as I mentioned to you, I wish we all can speak Spanish. You know, it would be easier for me to, to work with that. But we have like 20, uh, no, 12 different languages um, so it's, it's getting interesting because we need people who translate, people who can voice over, who make a lot of the things. But for me, a, a, a good thing to explain uh, what is communication ministry is when you, I, I invite you to look at the people behind you, those that wonderful crew behind you and the people behind those monitors, uh, they, they produce the magic. So, we can say here uh, because they support uh, all the ministries. And maybe you don't notice them, but when you start, I don't know, like hearing this kind of sound maybe at first, it, you know, it's not, a, it's not a problem, but you know, after 30 seconds, you maybe you may start looking at them like, what's going on? What are you doing? Right? That people is behind the scenes, behind the cameras. Uh, People like them, people like me, usually we don't stay in front of the cameras. We are staying behind of the scenes because we help to support, and we try to help. So the people of all all the ministries can, you know, can have, uh, can focus on their own job off, uh, we don't have this amazing screen, or if, don't, if, if we don't have lights or everything, the pastor can came, came, came up here, he can preach the word. We don't need this, but this is here to helping us to reach the message, even, you know, more in, in an easiest way. In Mesoamerica, I coordinate a team of people from Guatemala and Argentina and many translators from French Guiana, Martinique, and so many countries. Um, uh, and, and we do uh, digital marketing. Uh, uh, we develop, uh, we manage social, social media. We produce podcasts. We produce videos. Many things we do. But uh, for us, uh, and the things that we do, We appreciate your prayers all the time. We appreciate your prayers because we know we are not uh, we are always learning about that, about our ministries. So all the prayers are really appreciated. And
0: And. we're going. (laughs) Thank you, Stephen. Uh, I want to share with you this Bible verse that has been very meaningful to us. And I really hope that the Lord talks to your heart as we go through it. First Peter 2, 9 says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I don't know if you remember the first time that you were chosen for something. Maybe, you know, you were kids and somebody said, oh, I want to play with you. You know, that that they were dividing teams and you were chosen. How did you feel about that? I don't know if it was like your first time job, you know, that you went and you pass out your resume and then they called you out and you were like, ooh, I was chosen. I don't know if, if that you can remember. Or maybe for those of you that are already married today, maybe it was that lady that you saw. And you were knocking, you know, to her door, and she opened the door, and and you felt so chosen, you know? Or maybe it was the other side, you know? So I believe that every time we were chosen, or we are chosen, we feel so awesome. Am I right? We feel good because somebody saw something that we were maybe not seeing, or maybe we we had doubts about. So the Lord tells us today that we are chosen by Him. How wonderful is that? It is not about somebody else. It is about the Lord choosing us. And that is so beautiful and even merciful because you know we are not that nice sometimes. We are not perfect. You know, and he sees us as we are, and he says, hey, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can clean you up, and you are chosen by me. That's so beautiful. But then he comes and says, you are a royal priesthood, a holy nation. So if you know those, uh, you know, we, we say that those that are in royal power, they have uh Blue blood, right? Uh, well, those are not the real ones. We are the real ones. Because we have their very, very red blood that Jesus poured out in the cross. So we are the royalty, my sisters and brothers. And you have to feel that way because the Lord is telling us that, you know, that we are His holy nation and that we are royal. So we need to really feel awesome because the Lord is telling good good stuff about us. But he also said that we are his special possession. So I don't know ladies if you relate but I really love shoes. Yes, I do. So when I was growing up, I have two sisters, I'm in the middle. And you know, when I saw one of my sisters wearing my shoes, I was not that happy. Because those were my really special possession. So I was I was always fighting with her, with them because of my shoes. So when I think about the Lord, I say, well, if I was really fighting about those shoes, and I was really thinking those were really special to me, look at the Lord telling us that we are so special to him. I was like, he must be fighting all over because of us. He must be just taking this serious as I was about my shoes or even better because we are more important than my shoes. So, this is so awesome to believe. But you know what? It is not just that. He calls us, you know, the best. He calls us his holy people. He calls us so wonderful many things that he thought about that he thinks about us. But then it comes with let's say a challenge or um, something that we have to do and it says that you may declare so you are so wonderful that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light so we are so wonderful but we have responsibilities so we have his holy nation, but we got to do something we need to shake it up and move on we really have job to do But you know, it is not that hard because sometimes we think when we are talking about others to Jesus that we need to go and sit next to the person, Jesus loves you, and so on, and so on. You know, you can do that. It is awesome. I do that sometimes. And if you sit next to me on an airplane, oh, poor you. But... If you cannot do that, it's totally fine. Because there are many creative ways to be the feet and the hands of Jesus in the world. Because there are many ways possible that you can be a witness to Jesus. That you can be, uh, you know, his representative here on earth. And the very best way, and maybe it's the hardest one, but it's the very best way. It is through our lives. That we could really be His holy nation. Maybe it's really hard for us as human because we are not perfect to be holy, but we can make it. Because the Lord says, it is because of me, not because of you. It is not because you can do this, but it is because I hold you on. And I'm there for you. So let us wake up every day thinking that today we are going to be his disciple. that today we are going to make a difference in the life of others, starting in our own homes where everybody knows us and they know what we do. So we better be a good example there. Because remember, we are preaching the love of Jesus through our lives. A very wise man told once, he said, Preach all the time. And if possible, speak. So that means that our lives, that what we do every day is truly really showing or not the love of Jesus. So let us decide to show the love of Jesus every day, that somebody comes to you or to me and say, "Hmm, you have something different. Why is it?" You know And then maybe you will have an opportunity to talk to others about the love of God, that gift that you receive because of grace. That gift that you have because He loved you and me first. So let's make a difference. You can do it at your school, right? You can do it at your job. You can do it anywhere, even when you are doing groceries. It is about to be, you know, Jesus here. You know that Jesus not only came to die on the cross so we can be free. He came here to show us how to live a life that glorified his father. So all of us can do that. You know, once I came into uh, a friend's business, uh, she was starting something very small at her house. She was making nails. Um, And I came in, and she was making my nails, and I saw a bowl full of small papers. And I asked her, what is it about? She was like, oh, uh, you can get one. So I did, and when I read it, it was a message from the Bible. So I asked her, what do you have there? I mean, what is it for? And she said to me, well, everybody that comes in here gets to get one. So I invite everybody to get one. So she didn't with me because she knew I was Christian. So she said, I invite everyone to get one. And then when they read it, Most of them will ask, what is it about? So I get to explain to them what the Bible says about that. So in that way, I'm doing my ministry, and I don't really like to talk, she said. So I'm just trying to pull it there. And if the Lord guides, I will talk, but I don't really like to talk. So once there was this lady that came in, grabbed one paper, uh, and she ended praying for her and with her. And she burst in tears because the Holy Spirit was moving in the life of that lady in that very small place, you know, that you never imagine of. And then there was this guy who was working for a bank. He was a computer engineer. And he was there, and he once asked his boss, you know, can I do some reading with the co-workers here? Can can we do like a moment just to read and get informed and have a good time of reading? He said, well, okay. He didn't ask what was the reading about and he did not bring the Bible in but he decided to start with a book that you may know. It is from um, Rick Warren. was it, Pastor? A Purpose Driven Life. Thank you. So he started with this book and they were so excited because, you know, he talks about you, how you approach your life and everything. So when they thought about it, they were starting already reading the Bible and getting closer to Jesus. And that was really interesting because when that guy came to me, I was impressed. Because I thought like, wow, he is doing mission right there. And maybe he was praying and thinking about how do we or how do I do something with this team. And that was my husband. So I was really proud of him and proud of what the Lord was doing through his life. And, you know, that is something that takes courage, you know. I don't know if I would do that, you know. It's, it's, it's kind of hard. But he did, and I'm glad he did because that teaches me a lot, you know. Um, so today I want to call you to not really complicate Um, have an open and humble heart and let the Holy Spirit move through your life so you could be a good representative, a good agent of the Lord everywhere you are. And I do still pray that way myself. So don't believe that I'm asking you something that I don't do. I do. Because yes, I have responsibility, but I go to the market. I go to other places, and my praise is, my my pray is always, Lord, please help me to show your love everywhere I go, that everybody that sees me can see you and not even me. We really need to be examples. We really need to be connected to Jesus. So I will ask you to stand up and pray with me. There are many things that you can do. And there is a Bible story that I would just tell you very fast. Uh, Tabitha in the, books of, uh, in the book of Ad. Have you heard about her? Uh, I don't know the name in English, but Tabitha? Oh, you know the accent. Um, so she knew how to make dresses, you know. And she saw a need. The, you know, the, the widow's. They didn't have any support at all. So she was like, what can I do for them? Maybe she thought, well, I don't have money to give away. Maybe I don't know how to cook that yummy. But I will make dresses so they will have something to wear every day. So she did. So we don't need to even go to uh, college. We don't need even to go to the theological seminary. If you want, let's go. Let's do it. I've been there. It was good. But what I'm saying is that you don't have any excuse. You know, oh, I haven't been there. Oh, you don't have to. You don't need to. But let us be humble and let us be used by the Lord.